Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, Jean Ginsberg here. Very excited to have a special guest on the podcast, Jeff Calderoni from Elevated Third uh, Consultancy, Digital Consultancy. Yep. How? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. Do you want to share sure. a little bit about uh, your background and the company? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so Elevated Third is a company that I started uh, 15 years ago. Uh, we are a digital consultancy, as Jean said. We focus uh, on, only on B2B companies. So... Uh, enterprise B2B, we do a lot of SaaS, financial services, uh, and we provide uh, not only the MarTech stack and the website that they need to kind of run their business, but also consulting on account-based marketing and demand gen and, and general go-to-market strategies. Excellent. So uh, what kind of companies do you typically work with? Yeah. So so like I said, a lot of SaaS uh, in, in Denver. Uh, we just started working with uh, Exactly. We work with Vertifor. Uh, we work with uh, Empower Retirement as well, um, and so uh, so yeah. Typically in that uh, you know fifty million to the three hundred million dollar range, and in companies that are really uh, have a growth driver, a lot of private equity as well. So we work with uh, some of the larger private equity firms, and they bring us in to kind of help with digital transformation for the companies that they buy. Cool. So in terms of the types of things that you uh, do for these companies, you said yeah. digital transformation. So what yeah. does that look like? So specifically? Sure, sure. So, uh, so one, you know, the, the tools that we use are, are open source. And so primarily Drupal is, is kind of our CMS uh, digital experience platform of choice. Uh, and so there's usually a, a, a website build in there somewhere. But more than that, it's evaluating their entire MarTech stack and helping them understand you know, kind of how to get from point A to point B. So there's a technical component, there's a strategic component. Sometimes there's uh, there's even a cultural component. If, if sales and marketing aren't getting along, we have some suggestions and some ways to pilot things so that they start to kind of get aligned and work together. Okay, so interesting that. So beyond just the website, you're looking at kind of the internal development of, yeah. of the company? Yeah, and so the, kind of the whole marketing ecosystem. Okay. And so in B2B, you know, you've got the digital experience platform or CMS, but you also will obviously have a CRM. Most of our clients are on Salesforce, and then you've got marketing automation, you know, Marketo, uh, Pardot, et cetera. Uh, and then there's often a decision agent or an intent signaling tool like DemandBase. So clients that can put an audience in DemandBase and so that anonymous traffic, when they come to their site, can ping DemandBase and say, hey, do we know who these people are? Um, and then a big component of all of those things that we provide is personalization. And so not only landing page personalization like, you know, like Marketo does with RTP and some of the other competitors, but based on your demand-based audience or based on an email UTM string, uh, Salesforce opportunity category, we can personalize the whole entire site. So changing banners across the site, changing blocks of content, uh, uh, putting in different white papers or uh, you know, other kind of uh, consideration content just based on what we know about those people. 
Very cool. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about some of the recent wins that you've had at Elevated Third. Sure, sure. Um, well, like I said, exactly was was a great win for us. That's that was that's a client that uh, is here in town. They do uh, they're they're kind of a Salesforce supplement vendor. They help you manage your sales team and make sure that everybody's getting paid correctly in in Salesforce. Um, and that was a compete against Adobe, which um, you know we often see Adobe. I think we tend to go after business because we're so good at Drupal. We tend to go after business that already is friendly to Drupal. But this was one where they weren't friendly to Drupal at all. They they were really sort of set on Adobe um, and we were able to come in and show the value of what we provide and also the value of an open source tool versus a proprietary tool like Adobe. Gotcha. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Getting thank a you. new client like that. It's I always mean, good. That's, yes, that's the name always. Of the game. <laughs> I mean, yes, of course, having a business, <laughs> the name of the game is getting clients and getting a good client like that is always yeah. very extremely positive. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about your background. So how did you start yeah, the company? Yeah, sure. It's, it's really not very, very glamorous. I was, <laughs> I was in healthcare for a little while once I graduated with my uh, philosophy undergrad. Okay. Um, and then decided... So fucking that racket. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And then, uh, then decided I, I needed to actually make some money. Um, so I went back and got an MBA. And while I was doing my MBA, I got a job at the CU Health Sciences Center, Anschutz, uh, doing website management for a grant program. So that's where I learned sort of the technical side of things. I uh, graduated when the dot-com bust happened, the first kind of NASDAQ bust happened around 2000. So there weren't any jobs. Um, so I got a job at CU in a different department that uh, said they were entrepreneurial and wanted to start a company, but they really didn't. So one day I just decided to start building websites. Mm -hmm. So I started moonlighting, found a kind of niche Niche within printing services at CU, and uh, uh, six months later, quit my job and just kept going. Oh, so, so pretty much right out of college, right? You? No, I was I was uh, I was close to thirty. Okay, so I did okay. healthcare for a while, and then I took about three years to get my MBA. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, so so yeah. But, uh, wow. Okay. So started to start started off just doing websites, and then rolled. Yeah, into just an like six hundred dollar websites. Whoever would pay, and, and doing. Of, uh, I'm dating myself, but Dreamweaver templates and and contribute and really kind of low rent uh, versions of things. And I quickly realized that I was not a very good designer and not a very good programmer, but uh, I knew enough about the business and could could sell a little bit and could bring in people that were much better than me at, at those things. I remember Dreamweaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a long <laughs> time ago. I used to also. I remember I took an HTML class when I was in college. Yeah, and, and Dreamweaver one of the platforms that we used think, back then. I think back then, like you just had to be slightly better than the clients um, and kind of know how to get something out the door, which which we did and allowed us to stay in business. But then, like I said, like quickly started using a pool of contractors. Judd Judd Mercer, who's our creative director and is also a partner in the business, uh, was our was our first employee. He's one oh, okay. of, he was a contractor. who was just head and shoulders above all the other contractors, and and I couldn't afford him at the time. He had already kind of established himself and so I gave him what I could as well as part of the company and um, yeah he decided to come aboard. So yeah that He's was been with you since the yeah beginning? yeah almost 14 years now. Wow yeah. so you mentioned you were not very good at design at the beginning so so what are you um, good at in the business? What am I good at? I, <laughs> I think um, so I've, I've been good at sort of figuring out what the next thing is and being able being good enough at that thing until maybe somebody better comes along. I think I'm still pretty good at uh, business strategy and, and kind of figuring out how our clients need to go to market. 
Um, that, I think that also makes me pretty good at sales because really in a consultative sale, like really that's the name of the game is figuring out if there is pain and if there's a problem to solve and how you might solve it, what the strategy is, um, that's, that's kind of how we sell. We're not high pressure and, and really like if there's no pain, there's no sale. So I think, I think I'm, I'm good at those things. And then more recently, I think I've been, uh, I've gotten good at coaching people in their roles to, to be more effective and to, and to sort of scale the company. So the, the leadership role. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. The mentor role. Yeah. That's, that's my seat. So, so yeah. And I, and I think uh, it was different for me. Like, like I used to be involved in every sale and the strategy and, and really it was probably three, four years ago, we had a big client that uh, we, you know, launched and everyone was congratulating each other. And I was like, that client doesn't even know my name. Um, because the team, somebody else on the team sold it, the strategy was somebody else. And so that's kind of when my role started to change. It's like nobody needs me to come in and save the day. They've got it. And so how can I coach and help them grow their careers and serve our clients better? Is that how the direction you wanted it to go? Like eventually? I think so. Yeah. Great. I think it was it was a little bit of an, of an ego blow for me. It's like, oh, they don't need me. Oh. <laughs> well, it's not a kind of, I know, it's like a double-edged sword, right? Like, they yeah. don't need me, but they don't need me. And you're yeah. like, great, I can do other things. Well, I, I have a company now. Yeah. Like, it's not just a job. It's I have not a just like me designing websites in my basement. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Um, so, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how my role has changed over time. And, and now with... Uh, the ABM, the account-based marketing consulting, like that's kind of my baby and I'm growing that team because it's, it's really somewhat different than what we've been doing uh, previously. We, we are really good at building and, and analysis and data and, and kind of go-to-market strategies uh, within that sort of digital CMS realm. But being a digital consultant where maybe the company already has a CMS and there's none of that business, but they're having trouble getting sales and marketing aligned or having trouble evaluating their go-to-market strategy. So that's, that's what I'm doing for our clients as well as starting to build a team so that we can have a, almost like a standalone uh, account-based marketing consultancy, digital marketing consultancy to serve the clients that already trust us because we've built them the MarTech stack that they're using. This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Marketing Method Monthly Group Coaching Program, your methodology for growing your business and your social media following. Join me and my group of supportive entrepreneurs and learn how you can grow your business and your social media following, where we cover topics such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, email marketing, and so much more. Go to dmgroup.online, dmgroup.online dot online right so what's in store next for elevated third you mentioned the yeah. based marketing is that really the big project that you're working on i think it's continuing to to focus on b2b i think that there's a lot uh, a lot of opportunity in personalization i think uh most of our clients and i think really the market in general says they want it and they sort of dabble but nobody is really doing personalization uh really well and i think that's because of some of the strategic and technical issues that I was talking about before. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we're going to continue to solve those problems. I'd like to build the consultancy to the point that, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of standalone and competes on its own, regardless of somebody, if somebody wants us for the technical side. So I think that's my next challenge over the next 12 to 18 months is, uh, you know, getting six to eight core people that are really 
you know, the best in town or the, you know, the best in the, in the world at that type of work. And then I think that starts to feed the other side of the agency as work. Whereas right now, our consultancy work comes from our clients that have already used us to build the tech stack. Gotcha. So what are, the, what are some of the comm-based marketing strategies you guys are, are using? Sure, in your sure. Well, as, as, you, as you probably know, like account-based marketing, you really, you know, it flips the funnel. And so rather than, you know, blasting a white paper to 15,000 people, you recognize the 100 accounts or the 50 accounts or the five accounts that you are uniquely qualified to serve and using personalization, using ad targeting, uh, using targeted sales outreach through your business development reps, you're kind of hitting them all at the same time. And so, so you know, what we help our clients with, one is that audience identification. So helping them, and you'd be surprised how many clients, because they're used to sort of a shotgun content strategy, they can't necessarily tell you what are the 50 best clients. Because there, there are, you know, if you, if you talk, especially if you talk to a salesperson, and you say like, well, you know, have you been in that pitch where you just felt like you couldn't lose because every question they asked, you had such a great answer and there was such alignment with their pain and your solution. Um, they can answer that question, but marketers sometimes can't answer that question. So it's getting marketers to think like that and then using Discover Org or using Demand Base or Built With or these tools that help us, you know, out of the broad, uh, I guess, possibility of all the companies in the country or in the world, how do we narrow, you know? So for us, for example, for just internally, you know, we can narrow based on companies that are already on Drupal. And if they have Drupal and demand base, that means that they probably have the budget to, to go with somebody like us. And, you know, the other things in their MarTech stack, we know from experience, lead to certain types of pain. And we can use that pain to really target our outreach. And, you know, we're targeting you know, 50 or 150 companies and seven to 10 people at each company with a very specific message, knowing ahead of time that they probably have some of this pain. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I was just curious what kind of strategies you were using. Because yeah. I mean, a comp-based marketing is very, um, it can be a very large like sure. um, platform, right? Because I mean, there's many things you can do that are probably like you can do LinkedIn and you can call people and yeah, you can yeah, like, yeah. You know, so there's like all, so all many, of the above. yeah, all of that, I guess, but all it, of the above. But it all drives off of that audience. And that's the thing that sometimes clients forget is, you know, you say like, oh yeah, we're doing account-based marketing. Well, you know, how big is your target company? They're like, oh, 3,000. It's like, well, you're not doing account-based marketing yeah. if you're targeting 3,000 companies. You're not specific about how do you get to that center of the bullseye so that you really can talk to people that you're uniquely qualified to serve. And then, you know, you work your way through that and then you expand out to the next ring of the bullseye keep going but you're not just blasting everybody with the same message yeah so personalization right Is personalization really yeah. where things are moving I feel yeah like uh, absolutely speaking of which uh, where things are moving so what is your prediction for the industry that could be for your industry it could be anything related yeah. to flying to the to mars or self-driving <laughs> cars or you know elon musk what do you think is going to be mean, happening I, in the next five to ten years? I, I read the same things that everybody else reads i think you know like obviously everyone's talking about voice i don't i don't necessarily see it in b2b anytime soon i really? think in the thing i don't i don't think so i think that that there's some hurdles to overcome in terms of just that longer sales cycle and where does voice play a role in that longer sales cycle um but I, you know, I could be wrong about that. But what I do think uh, is going to happen is that uh, 
traditional kind of content inbound strategies are gonna get more and more difficult. I think because, you know, Gmail, for example, like, you know, there's a promotions tab and all marketing emails go in there. And, and you know, speaking personally for me, like there's marketing emails that I used to love to get that I'd never see anymore because they're in that promotions tab and it's just the wild west in there. And so I think it's gonna be harder for marketers, B2B marketers to break through the noise. Um, and I think they're going to have to get innovative and, and I would argue focused um, on how do you break through with these very high value targeted customers versus trusting that just awareness across the board is going to be needed. Maybe it's not email, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's yeah. other platforms. <laughs> well, I, no, I agree. I, th I think that, that although like, like sort of the shotgun approach has the same problem across all the other platforms. You know, and so like, like, you know, if you're doing paid search, for example, and you're not targeted, you're paying for the most general term, which is the most expensive term. Sure. And so, you know, ABM and Longtail and all of those things have that thing in common where you're trying to use technology to really focus your message on the people that are ready to hear it. And if you do that, one, you're going to convert better. And two, it's going to be less expensive because you're not competing with sort of the general broad uh, um, I guess marketplace and trying to just be louder than everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. So it seems that the really the lesson learned here is 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 niching down and really narrowing down your you know your ideal target market, if you will, right? I think so. <laughs> and, and, and getting really specific. And I you know I can really only speak for B two B, but but again, like like recognizing that you have clients that you are uniquely qualified to serve, that they have you know, firmographic characteristics, they have probably technographic characteristics, they have things that leave a trail, if you will, and if you can kind of follow that trail and group them together and then hit them with the message that, that you know from your experience is gonna compel them and just do that in a thoughtful way in a sort of these short bursts and short cycles, um, I think that's the most effective. It's been the most effective for us, like our clients are seeing success there and, and I think that's gonna increase because again, it's the noise is going to keep getting louder. And so like finding a way to break through and to be different and, and be unique, um, I think is going to, is going to pay off. Speaking of unique, are there any campaigns you've done for your company or your kind of like clients companies where that, that you feel like were really unique? <laughs> I think, you know, I'll be honest. Like, I think that, that we are in the clear, but not yet clever stage. Okay. And so it's, it's more around, uh, you know, targeting with the right message. I think that, you know, again, like building out this ABM consultancy, like that's one thing that I think is missing that I'd like to add is that sort of campaign clever focus where you're, you're sort of breaking through with something that uh, is, is maybe more catchy and sticky, but that's frankly not our strength right now. And, and, and what's encouraging to me is like it works for us even without that. And I think that'll be uh, a nice little bonus or a nice little turbocharge on top of it when we get clever as well as being clear. Oh, gotcha. So the next step is getting clever, huh? He's getting clever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, and, and it comes from just our DNA is really on the build. And so, like, you know, we haven't until recently really had copywriting resources because the really? clients sort of handled that. And brand and messaging and all of that is something that either a client outsourced to another agency or they did internal and we built the engine that sort of drove that stuff. I think that needs to change with the consultancy. Not not a whole lot because I think we're not going to take over brand and we're not going to take over kind of overall messaging, but I think we need to, uh, you know, within this realm, within this sort of ABM outreach realm, uh, 
be able to come up with a campaign or be clever within the overall brand guidelines that somebody else is using. Gotcha. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I love listening to, you know, account-based marketing strategies. I mean, that's one thing that I'm very passionate about as well, but also just yeah. how you guys are, you know, changed over time. And yeah. I mean, we've known each other for like, we were just talking about that before we started recording yeah. the podcast. We were known each other for five years and things always <laughs> evolve and change and, but, you know, for the better, of course. They do. Yeah. You keep showing up every day and try to get better. And yeah. Chipping away. That's what yeah. I always say. Just chipping away at it every day. So nice. great. Any, um, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. This is, this has been great. I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. Yeah. I'm really glad that you decided to come out here and do the podcast. Uh, thanks so much, Jeff Calderoni. I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name you correctly. You Calderoni from Grandpa Elevated Third. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, thanks for coming out here and we really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks, Jane.